everybody, welcome to the Keen Atomic. This is Nick, and joining me on this interlude episode is uh, my co-host Max Maybe. Max, how are you doing? Uh, I have been brushing up on my Ukrainian uh, ahead of ahead of the weekend. Uh, so that's uh, good evening and happy to be here, Ukrainian. So for Just those gotta out get, of the loop, gotta get used to my uh, my new my new teammates. For those for those out of the loop, um, it is it is still the Euros, and um, and yesterday last night, uh, England recorded a, 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 an amazing victory against the Germans, and um, we found out. Uh, well, I found out who England's um, how who our opponents were going to be in in the quarterfinals, which were going to be Ukraine. And Max, being the ever sporting Welshman that he is, um, is supporting England, of course. Come on, Ukraine! <laughs> Get it. So, Get it done, lads. Get it done. So yeah, um, yeah. It, it, I'm not going to say those three magic words, but uh, we'll, we'll find out how it goes. So, um, apart apart <laughs> apart from the Euros, Max, have you have you? Is there anything you've been watching since the last time we spoke? I mean, um, we 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 had that. It's it's still the lost episode because we need to re-record it. I think with No Man Land and Promising Young Woman, which we will get around to one day. Um, and then, um, yeah, I, I don't know what have you been what have you been watching since then. Uh, well, uh, no, the Euros, Wimbledon, Formula One, <laughs> been pretty sporty to be honest. I haven't gotten myself into a new series for a while, which I feel like I need to do. Uh, I've I've seen I've seen on Twitter. Uh, um, this new Sopranos thing coming out, so maybe it's time to finally, finally give that a watch. Confession: I've never seen The Sopranos. Oh well, there we go. Then maybe it's time for both of us to give it a watch. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those like prestige HBO shows that I just like The Wire. I never <laughs> see The Wire. Yeah, um, so, well, I watched the first three seasons and then I, you know something else came along and I didn't finish it. But. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's time for me. I, I need to be getting in something new. I haven't really been watching much TV outside of the occasional episode of Modern Family. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I say it's one of those like HBO things. It's like, like you know, The Sopranos, The Wire. Um, I just kind of, I don't know, maybe it was I just missed. And it's just, You've seen uh, Game of Thrones things, though, right? Yeah, yeah, I saw Game of oh, Thrones. Cool. And, and I have spoken to it about it at length on this podcast when uh, me and Danny did our episode on Troy. Um, oh, yeah, it's because um, it turned out that uh, I think it was Benioff or Vice, I can't remember, it's one of the two um, they actually wrote the screenplay for Troy, the Brad Pitt film and it just so happened to turn out that my criticisms of the last season of Game of Thrones quite soundly coincided with my criticisms with Troy so um, yeah, the conclusion was that in between 2004 and 2000 and 18, whenever the last season came out, um, Benioff or Vice, whichever one it was, hasn't grown as a screenwriter. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the, the Sopranos is something I do want to get around to. My dad is a massive fan of it because obviously it's gangsters um, and mafia people. Um, but, yeah, it's just, is that is that it? It's just really the sport and, and modern family. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. Well, yeah. I mean, life life is just one of those things, isn't it? I mean, it's just. Uh... I go through ebbs and flows. As well, I'm really into it. Really into it. You know, you get into a series, and I'm fully tuned in. And then I go through a bit of phase where I'm, you know, a bit burnt out, and you just want to just put on a football game and not really concentrate on it too much. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, apart from the Euros with me, like I, um, I said about it with Danny on on the last episode, which I think would be released after the release of this episode um but i've been watching um some paul ws anderson films um not paul thomas anderson because that would be good and actually a good use of my time no watching paul ws anderson films um such as uh the three musketeers pompeii um and uh death race you know the one with jason statham and actually death race it was actually pretty good <laughs> Um, I think I've um, seen Death Race at some at some point a few years ago on ITV yeah. four at two in the morning, I believe. Yeah, it's one of those very. It's very much of that brand of film, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it is the kind of film you see on on ITV four at two o'clock in the morning. Um, I wouldn't recommend Pompeii. Um, <laughs> Kit Kit Harrington is 
is just a, a blank slate of a terrible actor. Um, <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland does kind of chew the scenery up quite a bit, but you know his accent is is something to behold. Um, and really, the the only time the film really picks up and actually you know picks up and and and, and gains some life is ironically when Vesuvius decides to blow up. Um, so does that not happen pretty near the start? No, it doesn't. It's like halfway through the film. Basically, the film is like this mishmash of Titanic, um, yeah, Titanic, Gladiator, and oh, something else as well. And it was just like, what is this? Like, it, it's just, it's just not that good. And then I'll admit the special effects of a volcano blowing up were pretty damn cool, and the whole action set pieces around all that were pretty cool. But everything else was just was utter utter shite. Um, and then, uh, yeah, apart from apart from that, um, I've been rewatching um, Community with my housemate, who had never seen the show before. Oh no! So I introduced him to the show because I've been, you know, showing him random episodes of random TV series and doing like, oh, what do you want to fancy watching? And I showed him uh, the season one episode, Contemporary American Poultry, um, which I think is the best kind of introductory episode of Community, and. Um, he was like, "Yeah, I, I'm more than happy to see more of it." So we watched um, Cooperative Calligraphy the other night. So we're we're into season two, which is you know the the best season. But um, and he's he's really really enjoying it. And I got to say, watching watching it with a brand new person, person who had not seen this show before, it really I don't know. I, I've gained a a much bigger appreciation, if that makes any sense, because mm. I'm paying more attention than I usually do. Um and then um, apart from that um last night I sat down and finally got around to watching uh, the Netflix special Inside from Bo Burnham. Now I can't go into spoilers too much or if, if at all because Max hasn't seen it, which is a shock because he is the biggest Bo Burnham fan I can think of. Um, but needless to say, it's it's fucking fantastic. Um, it is the first film on my letterboxed year list that i've given five stars so take all that what you will and yeah i i i went as blind as anything i hadn't heard any of the, the songs any of the material and if i'm being honest like the first time i ever heard of bo burnham was in 2018 when his name was attached to eighth grade and you know he wrote and directed that and i was like oh eighth grade that was a pretty good film and really i i, you, oh, so I you're a latecomer yeah i, I totally realized that yeah, so I to- I looked him up like last night after I watched Inside. I looked him up and I was looking up Bo Burnham's career and was kind of like, oh, how did I miss him? Yeah, because, how did like, you miss that? He was like, you know, apparently he got he made his, you know, he started off on YouTube in two thousand six and yeah. kind of like and and it's like when I was on the internet. <laughs> like, yeah, you're, you know, you're pretty much the demographic to a T. And there, there is a point. There was a point in Inside where I literally just stopped myself and thought, "We're literally the same age." Um, that I think he's like a few. He's like a few months older than me, mm. and um, a lot of the same things that he goes over in his in, in Inside and in some of the material I've gone back and watched is very, very relatable to me and my demographic. So. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it was utterly, utterly fantastic, and I really, I really need to talk about it on the pod. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I will be getting around to watching it at some point. I just know it's going to be very good, and so I'm waiting for, you know, when I'm really in the right mood and just sit down and fully engage with it, and just haven't really felt like that yet. So I, I'm, I've, I've been putting it off, but I have avoided seeing as much about it as I can, saving it for the right time. Yeah, I mean, if, if if any like the 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 length of the show, the length of the special is eighty seven minutes long. Um, so if you can't, you know, I, I, not not just you, Max. I'm talking about you know the, the audience, people listening. You know, like if you can find ninety minutes free, sit down and watch Inside. Um, because I, I you're not going to be not going to be disappointed. I don't think so. Um, apart from that, I I think that's kind of it. I mean, and then should we should we should we just should we just get into it? Because there's a massive there's a massive um flying car in the room that we need to talk about. Um, <laughs> um yeah. So, all right. So this is our uh, feature review of uh, Fast and Furious Nine or F Nine, directed by Justin Lin.
I used to live my life a quarter mile at a time. But things changed. I'm a father now. I will always be in your heart. Little Brian, I have a gift for you. Your daddy gave me this. No, I'm gonna give it to you. It's very special. It's for protection from what's coming. All right, Dom, what's next? No matter how fast you are. I am not too big compared to you. No one outruns their past. I am more easy, you trying your best to become me. And mine just caught up to me. Been a long time, Dom. So we're up against a master thief. Assassin. High performance driver. Who is he? Jacob is Dom's brother. Your whole life, you pushed yourself to be faster than Dom. So, um, I got a brief synopsis. I don't really know what the synopsis is, really. I'm, I'm just, I, I, I'm just a bit lost. Um, well, before we before we get into the synopsis, let me say I need the synopsis because I can't remember most of the film. Fantastic. <laughs> me and my friends got fairly drunk beforehand because I mean it's it's Fast and Furious film. I think that's sort of a requirement. And, and then we also took drinks in and made a sort of drinking game and. One of them was every time they said the uh, the F word, family, we uh, had to drink. And that does end up getting you fairly drunk. So uh, I, I do need this synopsis as much as the audience. Okay, so um, the one I've got, the one I've got in front of me is Dominic Toretto and his crew battle the most skilled assassin and high performance driver they've ever encountered, his forsaken brother. Um, so this film stars, um, I'm just going to list these names, Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, Jordana Brewster, Tyrese Gibson, Ludacris, Nathalie Emmanuel, John Cena, Charlie Theron, Sung Kang, Helen Mirren, Kurt Russell, Lucas Black, uh, Vin Diesel's son, Michael Rooker shows up, Shea Wiggum's in it. Uh, yeah, I mean... And? You're forgetting the biggest one. I'm gonna. I'm saving that for spoilers. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm okay, saving that okay. for spoilers. <laughs> I'm saving that for spoilers because I didn't know about it until until I saw it. So, um, we're gonna do like a brief synopsis. Uh, not synopsis. We're gonna do like a brief kind of review, and then we're just gonna go into into spoilers. I will put a time code in the description. Um, so if you wanted to, you know, you know, you know when to stop or you know when to kind of skip to if you don't want to hear our briefest reactions so max what did you think of um f9 from what you can remember <laughs> from what i remember i remember thinking you know it's it's pretty much exactly what you expect isn't it it was a little more on the nose than i was expecting actually i think there's that's something we'll get into later that i thought was quite interesting and didn't expect them to go that sort of meta with it um but it did feel a bit like a setup film it feels like they know fast head is going to be the big one it's going to be you know the 10th film so it did feel a little bit like they were gearing up. They were, you know, some characters came back, some big things sort of happened that I think we were anticipating. It felt like they were they were prepping us ready for ten. Yeah. What what's your what is your relationship with the Fast and Furious films in general? Like, do you were you one of the ones where you were like you always were a fan of them or did you kind of like me kind of pick up after five came out and, and actually went back and realized that there was actually something decent there. What, what's your relationship with the series? I think, I think it was probably around the time six was out or was coming out. Maybe it was in the, it was the build up to six then. And I saw a few people that I followed on Twitter that, you know, sort of in film Twitter that I used tend to agree with. And they were talking about how actually these films, I'd always thought of them as just these sort of crappy action films or Transformers level stuff that I wasn't that interested in. And then I saw someone talking about it and saying, like, actually, they are this really interesting action films that you should go see in there. They're kind of dumb fun, but they know they're dumb fun. And so it works quite well. And so I thought, you know what, okay, I'm going to watch them all. And then I downloaded them and watched them all in like, 
I watched one a night for the week and then went to go see six when it came out. And then since then, it's pretty much just been, yeah, watching each release day almost. Yeah, I mean, I for me, I saw the first one when I was about 12. And I saw the second one, you know, when it came out on DVD or VHS or whatever format we had back then in the early 2000s. Um, and then I remember watching Tokyo Drift and with my mates and just being a bit like, oh, that was shit. And then just, you know, ignoring it. Mm. Um, and then kind of, you know, with the series, I, I, I just fell off of it and until until Fast Five came out. And it was not until Fast Five came out, it was like people... All of a sudden, we're like, have you seen Fast Five? It's a really good action film. Mm. And I was, you know, I was thinking, really? The fifth film in the Fast and Furious film series? Really? Like, you were talking about the same series where the first one, they're, they're basically stealing VHS TV combis. Like, you, you're talking about the same series. And, um,. Yeah, and I, I saw Fast Five on DVD again, and and I was like, okay, there's, this is legit, really, really fucking good. And what decided to go back and watch the series, um, you know, from from one through, and have been basically been a fan ever since. And you know, the loss, the loss of of Paul Walker really was a big, big hit on not just this series, but on kind of. I don't know, like, the fact that the, the cinema goes, goes a bit deeper than just what you see on the screen, you know, that, you know, there's, mm. there's, there are personalities behind the screen. I think Paul Walker really was that to the series. And with the, with that, I mean, with the loss of him, it was like, he was the heart of the series. And I think Vin Diesel's kind of just tried to try to keep that going. Um, you know, infamously he, he's had, um, disagreements with the rock shall we say um yeah. there was famously in i think it was the fate of the furious the eighth one where i think they had it in their contracts that neither of them were going to lose a fight between and yeah so that was a thing and then i think recently the rock has come out and said that you know he does he vin diesel tried giving him acting tips or something and he wasn't happy with it so that's uh that's going to be everlasting. Um, did you see Hobson Shaw? Yeah, we saw it together. Oh yes, we did, didn't we? <laughs> I totally forgot. See, I I totally forgot that, and I'll tell you why. Because Hobson Shaw is a film that I, as more and more time have gone on, I know that I've seen it, and I'm pretty sure if you show me pictures, I can say yes, I've seen that. But I can't remember what happens, and I can't remember yeah. my experience seeing it. I was sort of coming into this one being like, okay, so The Rock isn't in it, but I can't really remember why. Yeah. <laughs> what is he up to? But well, I, yeah. The... Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't I, remember I, too much of it. Yeah, I think I think Hobson Shaw was a bit of a disappointment in that... I think, basically, when Justin Lin left the franchise after Fast and Furious 6, and then James Wan took over for Furious 7, you know, James Wan, we're talking the director of the Saw, Fran Saw films, and... You know, Insidious, he was like a horror director, and then he came on to do an action film. And then uh, F. Gary Gray did Fate of the Furious. And I think what with the loss of Justin Lin, it was like, we lost something, if that makes mm. any sense. Like, he he truly understood the series. And none more so than the fact of, of the, the whole Justice for Han thing. Um, For those that, you know, need reminding, you know, Han died in Fast and Furious 3 Tokyo Drift. Um, who we find out was killed by Deckard Shaw, uh, Jason Statham. And then in Fa Fate of the Furious, Deckard Shaw is somehow inexplicably forgiven by the family, by Vin Diesel and the whole family, and was allowed to sit at the table. Um, and it was like, that's a slap in the face, you know? Like, Han is a great character, and, you know, you built this whole narrative around him, and yet you're having this person who killed him kind of sit at the table. It doesn't make any sense. But Justin Lin came back and was like, no, we need this justice for Han. We need... And I think he understands that, you know, you can have all these extravagant set pieces and, uh, you know, stupid shit going on. But as long as you ground it in the whole family and making them aware of what is going on, or at least having somebody in the cast that knows what's going on, then I think the series is is going to keep going and, and, and just be stronger. I think Justin Lin is very, very important to the series because when he went, you know, the, the series, I think after the Fate of the Furious, I was thinking, 
this is it. It's just going to get a parody of itself, you know? But I think yeah. Justin Lin kind of brought it back from that. Yeah, well, I, I, I think seven's actually one of the best ones, but then eight was really felt like a big step down. I mean, like, yeah, it did. They were similar to Hobbs and Shaw. I can't really remember what happened. There's a submarine. There's I know so there was, a submarine, yeah. I know the submarine. I'm bit. pretty sure The Rock Shut- redirects a missile with his bare hands. That, that seems to be the, my memory of it. Yeah, you got Charlize Theron's haircut as well. That's, that's yeah. all I remember. So, yeah, it did go a bit downhill. I think this one as well, this felt like it was ramping back up, but it's not at the top yet, if you get what I mean. It's, we've sort of had this dip, and now we're on the rise. We're going up the hill, but we're not We're not at the summit, and the summit's going to be the next one. Yeah, I, I, I very much agree with you. I think the series... There were moments in the film where I think if you were to if, if you were to cut to black and play the EastEnders theme song, you know, the dun 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 it would fit perfectly. And I think that's what the Fast and Furious films are, is like they're just glorified extended EastEnders episodes. In that they're so melodramatic, they're so soap opery and so silly that that as long as that makes sense and as long as you're allowed to kind of keep going with that then, you know, the action set pieces, as, as stupid as they are, you know, they're, they're not going to... You're just going to have a good time. Um, so is it a recommendation? Should we, should we say, is it a recommendation? I think if you're a fan, yeah. <laughs> if you maybe saw a few of them a few years ago and kind of liked them but have fallen off with the series a bit, I'd say also, yeah. I'd say if, you, if you've never watched a, a single one before then don't, this is not the one to start with. Yeah, I mean, there are, there are like, nine other films that we can suggest yeah. just to, you know, that not suggest, but there are nine other films in this series. I think if you came to this one as your first one, you would be like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it does, it does very much. I think for me, I do think it is well worth watching in the cinema on the biggest screen possible because this is cinema at the end of the day. This is blockbuster action <laughs> filmmaking you know, in 2020, 2021, this is what this is, and this is what it's done very, very well. Somewhere um, Scorsese just had a stroke. Somewhere Scorsese, no, but I'm talking. I'm not talking about <laughs> films. I'm talking about. I'm talking about blockbuster action filmmaking. You know, <laughs> think about all the cookie cut. I'm, I I love the MCU, but think about all the cookie cutter Marvel action set pieces there have been over the years. You know. Yeah, I mean, you gotta it's, say at they, least they, the creativity they have for action set pieces is out of this world literally. yeah exactly exactly and you know after you know you got the the dceu and think about how just mindless and brainless those cgi fests end up becoming and you just end up turning your brain off same with the transformers series as well you just think about how like they just you just turn your brain off with these yes okay you turn your brain off but you're having fun while watching it because it's something like you're just thinking this is silly but i'm having a good time so yeah, um, should we should we just go into spoilers? Yeah, um, I think so. I think we've covered so it. spoilers spoilers for Fast and Furious Nine um, starting now. Um, they go to space. <laughs> they do, they do. I think everyone was expecting it. Well, everyone was expecting it to happen soon within the next two three. They go to space. They haven't filmed in space yet. Not yet. Basically, it's it's like it was like a th- it's a theory. It's not a theory. It's a race between who can go to space. Which action franchise can go to space? Will it be Fast and Furious or the Mission Impossible series? And what star will end up filming in space first? Will it be Vin Diesel or Tom Cruise? Um, I think Vin- I think Fast and Furious is the first franchise to go to space, but I think Tom Cruise will be the first movie star to film a film in space. Absolutely, and, yeah, yeah, and probably die up there because we all know that Tom Cruise is only making these Mission Impossible films to try and commit suicide. I th- oh, no, he'll oh, he'll go there and he'll end up staying there and setting up some <laughs> colony on a. It'll be it'll be it'll be the south it'll be the south park you'll say it'll be the south park episode where he goes to the moon and there's the whale there up there as it's, well. So it's gonna be yeah. yeah. But I think. So it, I think the space thing in this one is not the last we'll see of them in space for sure. No, no. <laughs> this is, this is, dipping their toes in the water. Yeah, that was them being like, oh look, they can go to space now. Ooh, what are they going to do when everyone's about? I thought it was very, very... I thought what made, what was really quite good about that was that they brought the two characters 
that they took up there. You had Tej was was the you know the science guy. He's the math guy. It makes sense for him to go to space, and you pair him up with Roman, who is the guy that is always like, "What are we doing? <laughs> like, what is this?" Like yeah. he's the one. He is the or- audience surrogate. You know that his whole thing in the film is like him basically saying, "There's I've been have." these bullets shot at me but i'm still alive with not a scratch i am basically immortal that and was I, that's what i was talking about earlier when i yeah, said they yeah, go yeah. it's like sort of so meta that i wasn't expecting them to go that far with it i know they kind of they toe this line between you know being very self-aware and not taking themselves seriously but also having these moments of complete seriousness but that was so far in the on like hitting it you know on the nose or whatever being like <laughs> it's just like I think we're invincible. He gets what, crushed by a tank and then just walks away, yeah. and he's like, "I am invincible." And I was like, "That was probably the first thing I've seen where there isn't actually like an explanation." For- it's like essentially just a miracle happens. Like everything else, there's ridiculous stuff that happens, but they do try and give an explanation. Like, oh, well, this and this and this. That was literally just that should that doesn't actually make sense. Yeah, it does. Dead. Make sense. <laughs> it, yeah, but like I, I, I think. That's what I mean. I think the series, I think this film does something very, very good with Roman in that he is, like you said, he is the audience surrogate. And he, like, these films wouldn't work if you didn't have the self-awareness in there. And I think that's probably what Hobson Shaw was missing or what Fast, The Fate of the Furious was missing, was mm. that they ha- didn't have that. Maybe, I mean, there were lines in with Roman in The Fate of the Furious, but like... In Hobson Shaw, you didn't have the audience surrogate in there. It was like, this is stupid. This is, you know, too junk janky ass men just fucking punching each other and you know whereas like this one is like yes you've got all this amazingly stupid shit going on with magnets and go to space and john cena looking like apparently looking like vin diesel's brother like you know got all this insane shit going on and roman's there like this is this is insane and i think he that that's why this film works for me is because you've got him in there um, yeah, we, I, I, we really talk- liked, I really liked I really liked the the role he played and yeah. how it worked within the film. Yeah, should we should we talk about should we talk about uh, John Cena? <laughs> yeah, um, what, apparently what, he was playing what, a character. <laughs> what's your thoughts John on John Cena? What, what are your thoughts on John Cena as an actor? Like, <laughs> god awful. <laughs> the thing is, John Cena has spent the past, what, 30 years of his life being the quintessential good guy. Wrestler, yeah. Yeah, like, and he, he is he not is, just... Oh, yeah. good, he is the face of, like, the nice, like, all-American, fights for the troops, ex-military man, good guy, wrestler. Yeah. I don't think he knows how to play a bad guy yet, because he still yeah. is just John Cena. I was like, he's just a good... He just seems like a nice guy still, even when he's trying to be this mean guy. It just doesn't <laughs> come across at all. I was like, he's no. Gonna... <laughs> i got to admit, like, if, if John Cena came up to me and started, just pointed a gun in my face with a serious-ass face, I would still offer him a beer and be like, do you want a beer? Do you want a beer? Yeah. Like, honestly, and he'd mate, still you know, take it, maybe, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he'd break out a character immediately. He, he doesn't yeah. have it in him. No, um, I do think he was probably a bit uh, miscast, but I think the whole point of getting John Cena in the fr- in the series now is that yes, okay, he was a bad guy in this film, but spoiler alert, he he he's not a, such a bad guy after all. Yeah, that's what um, that's what I sort of mean in that this felt like the gearing yeah. up a ten. He's not a good villain in this one because he's not a villain, yeah. but now he's on the good guys, he'll fit in. They just had to go through this to get ready. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. I I thought. I thought his whole is this the scenes with um, Vin Diesel and John Cena on screen were you know were very very silly, but I enjoyed them. Um, I think what what that does what that does rather than the Rock and the Vin Diesel scenes is that the Rock is up there and he's he's against Vin Diesel and he's there trying to be better than Vin Diesel. Like he he's like I am the Rock. That's you know that's me. That's what his star persona is. Whereas John Cena's like he comes in and he's like. Yeah, okay, this is Vin Diesel's baby. I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. I think, I yeah, think... They're, they're two different very personalities in that sense, for sure. Yeah. And I think that's why John Cena probably works in this in this series more than The Rock does. And, you know, we, we've got now this spin-off series, you know, and God knows what that sequel's going to look like. But um, 
Oh, what else should we? What else is that? They go right. So I, I, I live in Edinburgh, um, and so I've seen. I saw this film in the, in the cinema today with an audience from Edinburgh. Um, in Edinburgh, yeah, they, to, they do go to Edinburgh, <laughs> and it was very, very weird seeing the city on the screen like that. Um, I actually have a, I actually have a friend of mine who revealed to me a couple of days ago that she was an extra in Fast and Furious Nine. <laughs> Um, so I was carefully watching through all the scenes of of it and actually spotted her. Oh, um, so cool. I was I was quite I was I messaged her afterwards. I was I saw you in Fifth Nine, and was obviously incredibly happy for her, not in in any way jealous at all. <laughs> um, but it was it was really weird seeing the the, the city on on the on the screen and and I I still I looking at the driving scenes and knowing how all the, the roads go round and stuff. I don't think it makes any sense geographically, but what when is it ever made sense geographically? I mean, there's the was it Fast Six, the runway that's a couple hundred miles they, long. They go to London as well in Fast Six as well, don't they? And that that I know for a fact that London scene just doesn't make any sense geographically. No, I don't think it, it ever has really done geographically yeah. make sense. <laughs> Um, it just looks good, and I, I yeah. gotta admit, like I, I thought the, I thought the, 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 reasons for going to all these different places around the world and stuff, you know, I thought it was really, really well done. It's not done in the, in the way that Bond does, where it's like you need to go here and do this thing, and he goes and does it, and that's another reason to go to another location. There's actually seems to be a bit of a plot reason why they're going there, or like a character reason why they're going to all these different places. Um, yeah, some as far as I can remember, it did flow pretty well. I feel like there was a few moments there where I was like, hang on a sec, what's going on here now? Who, yeah, who is this person? Yeah, for some reason, Lucas Black, who is now, you know, 45, yeah. um, he he is in Germany and yeah. flying an airplane or doing something with rockets. And from what I can remember of Tokyo Drift, I don't think that was where his character was going. Um, there is a post credit in Fast 8 with him, isn't there? Something is it? Was he not in Fast Eight? No. Was he in Hobson Shaw? Maybe. No. He's no, been in one since Tokyo Drift, right? I thought he showed. Yeah, up yeah, no. Him. He was in. He was in. He was in like eight, I think. He was in eight. Or yeah, seven. Oh, yeah, yeah. Seven was the big one. Um. Yeah. No, he was in that, and it was really weird because like he showed up in seven. Um, because they show that post credit scene in Tokyo Drift where Vin Diesel shows up and, you know, mm. Lucas Black is like, you know, he's in his 20s. And they cut to literally the moment after the race and Lucas Black has all of a sudden aged like 50 years between seconds. And well, it's this, really, really, really jarring. This brings me on to, so the flashback scenes. Yes. Let's talk about the flashback scenes. Those are clearly, what, that's only a few years before Fast 1, right? Yeah, so I think, right, so I, I, I was thinking about this on the way home. You have the NASCAR, or the, not the NASCAR, so you have the raceway sequence, which takes place in 1989, right? So we're to assume that Dom gets put away in prison because he killed a guy with a wrench, which is a callback to a line in the first Fast and Furious film, uh, which is quite cool. And then we see, we actually do see young versions of the Fast and Furious crew, don't we? You know, yeah. and it's really quite cool. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like the nineties. What did you think about not? Because I would have assumed the amount of money they have and the technology we have now, that with a flashback scene, it would be Vin Diesel de-aged. Yeah, but like, I, I I'm I glad think, they didn't. I'm glad they didn't as well because I miss I miss it when films just be like, oh yeah, yeah we're just going to cast a younger actor. That yeah, look, nothing, like you, know, you just you just got to accept that in in the space of three years he developed from this little kid into a fully grown man exactly i mean you think about think about looper from you know looper think about that film where ryan johnson i love that film but ryan johnson's like you know joseph gordon leather well in 20 years he's gonna look like bruce willis mm. and you know although in that film they actually did use like cgi they, shit to make him yeah they used like, like makeup and stuff and it did, it did look really good yeah. yeah it did look quite good but like the point is like that's where films, you know, we don't need the. I, I mean, obviously, you got the Marvel thing where they de-age actors, and I got to admit, they did kind of perfect it. Um, you know, we're no longer are we getting the the weird thing that we had in X Men: The Last Stand. Do you remember that with young Patrick Stewart and Yanni? Mm, mm. Um, yeah, and I think they did the right thing in like casting these younger actors because I, I, I thought I actually thought these young, the, whoever the guy was that played the young Vin Diesel, he did a really good Vin Diesel. <laughs> It was yeah. I thought I thought they were good. I I really liked those scenes. I thought they pulled the film together quite well. I think without 
that much of it, it would have felt a bit weird. I think you need that because obviously the fact that this this whole franchise is about family, but this is the ninth film and we're only just finding out about brother. Yes, you kind of need to do that. See what I mean? See what I mean about the whole EastEnders thing? Like, it's it's literally. (laughs) Can you imagine that watching an episode of EastEnders and you've had years and years and years of knowing who Phil Mitchell is and who his brother is, right? All of a sudden, a long lost brother shows up. You're going to be like, what the (laughs) fuck? You know, do 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 do. Um, but in here, it's like it. I think yeah, you're right. Those flashback scenes they make sense. Narratively, they make sense. Yeah, I think you really, you really need them. I think, yeah, without it, and without them doing it well, it would have really, yeah, felt a bit weird. The whole film. I think they just about held it together. And they're really quite. I thought they're really quite seamlessly done as well. Like, yeah. they don't just. They're not very jarringly like across. They make sense in the story about when these flashback scenes are going to take yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, um, sure. Um, I try to think what uh, where else. I mean, this film is utterly, utterly insane at points. Like you got the scene where, like the the, the action set piece at the beginning, where where, where they're driving. They see the trailer actually, but they drive off the cliff and they use the rope from from the the broken bridge to attach yeah. to the back wheel, and which kind of pendulums them way momentum wise onto the other side. Uh, yeah. It, it, it doesn't make any sense. There's the whole thing with magnets. Um, magnets, bitch. Magnets, yes. bitch. Yeah, I, I, I thought that worked quite well. I think I seem to remember, and I can't exactly remember what happened, but I remember feeling that it was stupid. Was uh like the final, the final bit, how they escape at the end, how they are. Uh... Is Charlie Stone supposed to be dead? Did she get blown up? No, she's not. She was in a drone. Oh, that's so she, it. She's yeah. on one of those drones. But the way her drone blows up, I seem to remember yeah, you, that being fairly ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, because they he throws well he he maneuvers the truck yeah. to jump or launch itself into the oncoming flying drone, which blows. Her, yeah, it's it's all very silly. <laughs> I remember seeing that bit, and I remember thinking, oh, okay, this this is this is a bit ridiculous. <laughs> Even for the yeah. level of Fast and Furious, this is a bit ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I, I got, I got to admit, I, th- I thought, I thought that the film, like they said, they said those silly bits, like yeah, they are very, very silly and very, very stupid. But there's a, there's, there's, there is a heart there in this film that I don't think was there for, that definitely wasn't there for Fate of the Furious. No. Um, and I think that's why the film works. I think Justin Lin knows that. Um, what, what did you think of, what did you think of the return of, of, of Sung Kang, uh, Han? What did you think of that? Uh, it, I feel like that was more that. It also felt like they didn't want to bring too many people back for in ten alone. I feel like it. It felt like they were drip feeding returns almost. So you think I feel you're like going with? The, I think everyone is going to be in ten. Every, I think somehow Gal Gadot is back. I think <laughs> literally. I think everyone is back for ten somehow. So you're, you're saying you're saying like CGI, like Gal, everything. Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot, who we last saw die uh, for falling off of a plane that on the runway in Fast yes. Six, like. Uh, we're gonna have Deckard Shaw, Luke Shaw. I'm assuming so. Luke Evans is I coming we have, back. I think we have Brian. Like I, I think they we... can't. They can't do that. Well, what happened? The the, the end. Should we talk about the end scene? No. All right. So I thought that. Right, sorry. That, right. So they they all sit at this table. They're all talking about like, oh, you know, little Brian is gonna say grace, and it's all a very very sweet moment. And then they point out an empty seat next to Mia, and the audience knows that that's Brian's seat, and. Yeah. It kind of plays out like it. They're gonna show Brian. They're gonna show Paul Walker's twin brothers or twin brother show up, you know, and sit there, and it's all gonna be very weird. But then you hear the car, you hear the skyline, you see it pull up in the sky, and then it cuts to black. I thought that was very, very well done because it establishes that Paul Walker is still alive in this universe and he still lives on. But we don't need to see him because his story is finished. Mm, I feel it was more. The fact that they've shown him is like now in Fast Ten, you're gonna be like, "Well, we know he's alive. Where is he? Why is he not in Fast Ten? Yeah, but 10? he was. Yeah, but then you could say the same thing about F Nine because, like, where was he in F Nine? He was looking after the kids. That makes sense. Yeah, but then like, don't, you don't who is... show him at the end? I think. I no, think that I was think, then. I think if you're, like, if, if you're gonna have, CGI. 
I think if you're going to have that scene where you have them all around the table, which is an obligatory scene now in the Fast and Furious films, you have to have that scene. You have to establish that Brian will be there. And if he just doesn't show up, like if they just sit at the seat there and then they just don't acknowledge it, then that's going to be more shitty. That's going to be shitty. What's even going to be more shit is if you're going to have a CGI replica Peter Cushing style or back of Wesley Snipes style head sit down on this empty seat. And that's just gonna that's just gonna be that's just gonna be even weirder because it's like then you're gonna be start thinking, okay, you can do this, you can stick Paul Walker in this film. Why aren't you doing this more? And that I think that really Paul Walker's story is finished. Like Brian's story is finished in this series. And it makes sense for him to just be looking after the kids while you know, all these no, but I think insane shit is going on. I think if it's finished, then you have the decision is that Mia and Brian both aren't in this film, and it's because they've just completely left this life. They're but I think, yeah, but that, that was, gone. that was, yeah, but that That's was the I line in it. Furious, yeah, but that was the line in Furious 7, and that yeah, was now the line for the Furious. Yeah, because you have to bring in John Cena, if you bring in John Cena as magical twin magical younger brother of Vin Diesel then you're gonna have to establish that he is also the brother of Jordana Brewster aka yeah. the most boring cast member in the series but you can establish that but say she's not getting involved with this you don't have because she doesn't even like interact with him at all really yeah I know I, yeah I get it so it's I a get, bit unnecessary I, I get to bring you, it in I get what you're I feel like they from. brought her in as a they're, they're, it's leading up to it I feel like it's all leading I, I'm I'm Reckon there's CGI Paul Walker in Fast 10. Is this... I mean, I, I think the reason why Jordana Brewster's there is not it's just because of this. <laughs> no, I, yeah, okay. Right, she's, low. I, th- I, think, I think she's also... Yeah, she's there because of that. I also think she's there because, she, you know, Michelle Rodriguez needed somebody to talk to in Tokyo. Um... You know, and I think if you recall a few years ago, Michelle Rodriguez was like, I really want us to have a female, you know version of fast and furious you know and she was all kind of about that and i think she's right there needs to be something that is very very you know female centric with that and i think jordana brewster is there because you know michelle rodriguez needs a needs a gal pal which is unfortunate because you know i think michelle rodriguez deserves a bit more than that um Um, should we talk about the end, end credits now? You, you you mentioned you you briefly briefly hinted at it. So we 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 have the 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 titles coming up. You know the cast members, the reflect. I thought the you know reflections of the the in the cars of where they've been, all this kind of was pretty cool. And then you cut to this figure in a hoodie and a tracksuit beating the shit out of a boxing bag in a nondescript location in, in somewhere, and. We hear like you know the the thumping and the thing, and it, and he and he pulls his hood down, and it's Jason Statham. He he takes a drink of a of a thing, and he unzips the body the bag, and it turns out there's a bloke in there, and he's, you know, doing his Jason Statham shtick with the USB stick, and then we hear a knock on the door, and immediately my mind was like, oh, it's going to show the Rock, or Ryan Reynolds, because you know remember Ryan Reynolds was in Hobbs and Shaw. True. Um, you know, I, be, I thought that was be a fast ten then as well. <laughs> that, that was that was my thing. I was thinking, okay, it's going to, but no, it opens the door and who is there? It's Han, and we see Han, and then we see we see Jason Statham's reaction, and it cuts to black, and it's like, holy shit, Han is come to you know meet the guy that that you know quote unquote killed him. Um, what? What's? I mean, this is all like it's a Marvel post credit scene, pretty much, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I feel like the quote-unquote twist is going to be that he's actually there to recruit him for their next mission. I don't know. I, I think I think Justin Lin, like he he knows how shit that whole scene was at the end of Fate of the Furious. Like Justin Lin even wore a fucking T-shirt saying hashtag Justice for Han. Um, but do you think they're going to do you think they're going to kill off Jason Statham's character? In I don't think they're going to kill him. I don't think they're going to kill him off. I just think there's going to be some form of reckoning because don't forget this character, this Jason Statham character, fucking murders forty odd people in a hospital in I think it's like Fast Six or Fast No, it's Fast Seven. He murders those people. He's part like, of the family now. Get over it. 
Yeah, but he. Uh, this is what this, this, this series does. The end game of uh, the Fast and Furious series. It's going it really to is, isn't it? Everyone, there's got, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, will show up. Luke, Luke Evans. He was the one of them, wasn't he? Was, um, yeah, Luke Evans. Yeah, brother. He'll be there. I think, the I think, Rock will be there. Cena will be there. It's going to be everyone will be there. Cardi B is going to come back. I want, I want, well, I tell you what I want for Fast and Furious 10. I want a Helen Mirren sex scene because oh she was God, utterly, God. utterly amazing in this film. When she showed up, it was like, it's fucking Helen Mirren. You know, like, she is amazing. Yeah, she's been, and she's been carrying the, well, she carried eight really, didn't she, as well? She really did, yeah. She really, really did. Yeah, Vanessa I think, Kirby, well, she'll I definitely think... be in it. Vanessa, Vanessa Kirby. Kirby yeah, sure. um, I'll probably you know, get a few we... of those in. Who's, who's big? Florence Pugh will probably show up in it. No, but Vanessa Kirby is actually in the series. She was in. Yeah, I know, I know, but in... that's what I'm saying. Oh, but sure. it's they'll be <laughs> bringing in even Pugh. even more. I mean, you know, you know, it's a universal, isn't it? It's a universal franchise. Idris Elba so is, is he, was he in one? Idris Elba. Idris Elba. Yeah. Or does he just feel like he should be? Yeah, he was. No, he he was. You think he's dead though? I think he's dead. Well, that doesn't but matter anymore. Who is that's dead? Thing. Who you, is dead? That's what I mean. No one's dead anymore in this because no they've just proven dead. that. Well, you can just bring anyone back, so it's like okay. That's yeah, who happens. I mean, uh, wasn't Eva Mendes? She was in one of them as well. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I, it's what I mean. Like this, this series is all very, very silly. Um, <laughs> and it, uh, I don't know. Like, I, I, I had a good time. I had a good time watching this. Um, I didn't. When I watched Fate of the Furious, at times I felt bored. With Hobbs and Shaw, at times, I mean, like I said, I can't actually remember what fucking happens in Hobbs and Shaw. And I think that's a bit of a that is kind of a statement in of itself. Whereas, like, if you if you're going to ask me in a couple or in a years or so time, or however you know, like two years time, you're going to say what happened in F nine. I could just turn to myself. They went to fucking space. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, I you know. <laughs> Roman and Tej fucking put on scuba suits and get into a, a, a Pontiac Fiero with a fucking rocket engine and they fly into a satellite and then get picked up by the ISS. <laughs> the fact that they get picked up is <laughs> oh. <laughs> so just on the outside of the window waving. Oh, it's like, it's how, so the, funny. how would that happen? <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It just but... doesn't make any sense. <laughs> But it's like... And they get was... a lift back, yeah. And they get back. <laughs> yeah, because there's a line where Roman's like, oh yeah, I've just been eating astronaut food. Like, it's like implying that he's been stuck on the ISS for like weeks on end eating this shitty food. Like, oh, and, I want to see and that. the implication that if, if a car crashed into the ISS, that they would just drop you home. That you wouldn't be yeah. like immediately arrested and kept in a bunker from the FBI and like how the hell did you do this? They would just be like, yeah, how, how the yeah, I guess the fuck. government knows about them. Oh, they sort of Mister Nobody. Yeah, I mean, I'm, like yeah, that, I'm, I'm but... sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Shea Wiggum shows up and is like, you know. Yeah. Hey, it was quite nice to see Shea Wiggum. I really like seeing him. Things, you know, he's one of those faces you see in a film and go, "Hey, it's that guy." Do you enjoy Cardi B cameo? Alright, so I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't know didn't who know the fuck that was. <laughs> <laughs> when that thing, when that happened, I was like, "Who the fuck is that?" And it wasn't <laughs> until like the credits, see, credits are rolling up. I was like, "Cardi B." Like, I mean, I know the name, but I'm so out of touch with reality at this point. <laughs> I don't know who the helmet. fuck that is. <laughs> Me and all mates, that you were just like, "Oh shit, it's Cardi B." <laughs> you lost that minds. <laughs> you're like, "Why is she in it? It doesn't make any sense." It was that yeah, was felt uh, like a weird moment. Yeah, uh, apparently she's in one of the short films. Um, f- like from what I can, from what I've heard. Right. Um, and I've looked up her IMDb, and apparently she's going to be in Fast and Furious Ten. So, <laughs> brilliant. Um, yeah, so I, I, yeah. Um, so have we got any final thoughts on on F nine? Uh, I, I can't wait for Fast Ten. Essentially, did did you honestly think that we were going to be at this point where we're the ninth film into this series about, which was like I said originally about these guys that were stealing? It was a Point Break ripoff. Point Break with cars. It was Point Break with cars. cars. And then it turns into this kind of like Too Fast, Too Furious, which was like a really quite homoerotic, you know, love tale between Roman and, and Paul Walker. 
Um, and even yeah, I think it's even Mendes is in that one, and she just gets in the way. But um, like that film, that film is I think great. It's got a real great look to it. It reminds me of me playing those uh, playing Need for Speed Underground and Need for Speed Underground Two on the PlayStation mm. Two. Um, you know, and, and then you got then you got Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, which I think is low key the the probably the second best one of the series. Um, I think that's probably because you know Justin Lin shows up and is like, you know, I'm going to do something different. And there's actually the only one I think that has actual racing in it. Um, then you've got Fast and Furious, which is the fourth one, which is the worst one in my opinion. Uh, I think that's the the one that is the most boring. Then Fast Five, The Rock shows up and is the you know the set the probably the best one. Uh, Fast and Furious Six is the one with Luke Evans and the, uh, the runway. No, that's Fast Five. Fast Five, Fast is, five is Bank Fault through. as well. Okay. Yeah, and I think all right. So yeah, I, I do get I think, them a little bit. Yeah, and then I think because you had Fat Furious Seven, then you have Fate of the Furious. I think with those two, the series kind of relied very much on CGI set pieces. Okay, what? Fast Five did, and what the Justin Lin one does in this one is that you can tell that the explosions and the car collisions are real. Like the 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 the, the moment where the car flies through the building, you know, because of a magnet, that was done. Like you you can see the set videos of them doing that. And it, 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 you can tell that it makes it, it feels substantial. It feels real. And I think Justin Lin. I think he gets this series. And I think when he went away and he, you know he did Star Trek Beyond, which is you know a fucking good Star Trek film. Or not even that. It's a fucking good sci-fi film. Um, you know the, the series lost something. So when he came back, it was like no, he, this is his series now as well as Vin Diesel, and they get this what this series should be. Which is stupidity, silliness, dumb action set pieces, but with a heart and a self-awareness that makes sense. I'm not sure, though, if Vin Diesel is in on the self-awareness. I don't think he is either, but I think I think Justin is. <laughs> I think Justin Lin definitely is. I think. I don't I think, think Vin Diesel is whatsoever. I, th- I think Tyrese Gibson is as well. Tyrese Gibson knows exactly what's yeah. going on. Well, did you um, read the article I- about... Um, John Cena walked in on Vin Diesel when he was in his Paul Walker shrine, and that's how he knew it was destiny that he'd play his brother. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Vin I mean, Diesel like, I, I, there, there are knows. things about Vin Diesel that, that you, you find out about, and you're just like, that, that doesn't make any sense. Like, for, like he's a huge Dungeons and Dragons guy. Yeah. Like, he's big into that, and he's big into the whole fantasy thing. And you're like, that doesn't make any sense. And then you start thinking about it, thinking, Hang on a minute. Do you remember Chronicles of Riddick? Um, <laughs> like, you know, Chronicles of Riddick was... I mean, Pitch Black was a really, really good sci-fi film. Really, you know, small kind of scale thing going on. And he's like, no, I'm going to take this really cool character and give him this grand operatic sci-fi story with Judy Dench and Carl Urban. And it it... it it was terrible. <laughs> and then he goes away and he does the third film, which is pretty much like a remake of Pitch Black. And and yet and yet it's like, okay, that does make sense why he why he's big into Dungeons and Dragons. And I think that's why he, he's so much invested in this Fast and Furious series, because, you know, this is his dungeon master world, you know, this is his world. We're just living in it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, this is the man who said, I am Groot in about 40 different languages. So, can't say he's that not committed. True. That is true. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. Have you seen the Triple X films? No. No, apparently. I've seen like, a few scenes one... of one on ITV3, similarly, at two in the morning. Yeah. I think the third one's apparently meant to be really good. It's got Donnie Yen in it, so it must be good if he's in it. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I want to give them a go because, you know, because of that. But, yeah, I mean,. Vin Diesel is, is a is a strange one in terms of action because I don't think there's there's I think probably him and Tom Cruise are like the only action stars that have such a, a stranglehold over a series or you know a big budget billion dollar franchise like those yeah. two yeah yeah nowadays for sure um I mean I you could people could argue Robert Downey Jr. but then if that were the case then Doolittle wouldn't have been shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, 
You know what I mean? Like, you know, that 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 is proof that that Downey Jr. is a fallible human being, and and you know, if his his success is more is 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 as much down to Iron Man the character than it is down yeah. to Downey Jr. Yeah, I'm Favreau. I'd argue. And Favreau, yeah, and and yeah, so. Yeah, I don't think it's more. We, it's not the same, is it? As you know, back in the day, you had Sly and Arnie and stuff like that. I guess it's only really those who left of the classic yeah, sort of action it, hero. Yeah, I think you know Tom Cruise. We're going to see die on screen. I think Vin Diesel is going to pretty much proclaim he is Jesus Christ. I think on screen, um, the faith, the faith stuff in this film. Um, towards the end, especially, it, it's it's like you know, there's. I think you're right. F10 is going to be some serious shit. It's going to be batshit. There's going to. I, have... I think it's going to be someone new popping up every like sort of five minutes. Yeah, it's just going to be it... constantly them being like, "Oh no, we're about to die. What will we do?" Hands here, hands here today. And then like five minutes later, they're like, "Oh no, now all of us are gonna die. What we're gonna do?" And now Gal Gadot comes back from the dead and kills someone. It's like, "Oh no, now what are we gonna do?" And then Hobbs and Shaw show up and they say, "Oh no, no, what are we gonna do?" It's just gonna be that basically for two and a half hours, and it'll be pretty good, I reckon. Yeah. Um. So this is. I mean, there's gonna be a Fast and Furious ten and Fast and Furious eleven. Those are the 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 two that are left, and apparently they are filming them back to back. Um. In terms of. Yeah. I mean, I was think I was thinking more along the lines of Matrix Reloaded, Matrix Revolution style. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, back back to the OG. Um, yeah, I I don't actually know who's been confirmed for Fast and Fast and Furious Ten. I'm just going to look this up. So, all right. So I, I take it. I take that. I take that back. There's going to be F10, 11, 11. So apparently, a tenth film is planned, and it's going to be a two parter. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay. Oh, so Harry so, Potter style. Uh, yeah, uh, or or um or Hunger Games, Mockingjay style. Yeah, Hunger Games oh. style or, or Twilight. Style. Well, that's that. That's a little bit of a letdown, to be honest, because this one kind of felt like it was the the build up one. Well, I so think, if there's I think, another build up one. Yeah, but if they're smart, they can they can end part one on this massive kind of cliffhanger akin to like Infinity War, where like. Luke Hobbs decides to snap his fingers and, you know, half the Fast and Furious franchise dies. Mm. And, you know, it's just, this is, this is, this is just weird. I think it's just really weird because, I mean, we've got that, the, 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 the F, F10, you know, part one and part two, um, which apparently, um, which we don't know when it's, I mean, I think they're doing pre-production at the moment because obviously because of COVID, um, there's talk of uh, a, an untitled uh, well, just, led... I've, I've just read an article <laughs> yeah <laughs> that you'll be happy about because you said you wanted a sex scene Helen Mirren is up for kissing Vin Diesel in Fast and Furious 10 there we go that's what I want I want to see that <laughs> that will be something for sure <laughs> um, and then we've got the Hobson Shaw sequel um, which has apparently got a screenwriter and is in development. Um, yeah, so I, I yeah, this, this this series is is bonkers, and um, I'm happy it exists. I don't I don't know about you. Yeah, it's a it's a bit of fun, isn't it? I mean, this right. So I'm just I'm I'm looking at the Wikipedia thing. So the, obviously, take this this for liquor. Think trying to salt. So, uh, ba 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 So the first, the fast, the first Fast and Furious film made two hundred seven million worldwide off of a thirty eight million budget. Now, the third one made one hundred fifty eight off of an eighty five million budget. Now that is barely a success. Mm. Like, you know, in terms of finances, in terms of Hollywood finances, that is barely a. It's just scraping the barrel, isn't it? And then somehow they claw it back, and they just get bigger and bigger budgets, and until we get to, I mean, Furious Seven had one point five billion dollars worldwide. Fate of the Furious is one point two. Hobbs and Shaw, which is obviously a spin-off, so that's eight hundred million at the moment. 
And bearing in mind, F9 has only been out for about five days at this point. It was released on 25th of June. Um, it's got a $200 million budget, and it's currently made $405 million worldwide so far. Crazy. And it's only been out five days. That is crazy. I guess it's kind of hit the perfect time, though, right? Because everyone wants to go back to the cinema. We went to go see it on Friday, I think. Well, it did come out Thursday. And we thought there wouldn't be too many people going. And literally the first place we went into, they were like, yeah, you, unless you've got a booking, you're not seeing it tonight. We were like, okay. We managed to get a ticket for somewhere else later on in the night, but we were not expecting to be that busy. But I think because it's come at this time where people want to get back out and it's the biggest thing out right now. And so everyone is just going to go see it. Yeah. I mean, also, also, I mean, and, and I'm looking at critical reception now, um, just scrolling down this Wikipedia thing on the franchise. So, I mean, this is... Currently, F Nine is standing at sixty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, um, which is worse than Hobbs and Shaw, which is sixty-seven. Worse than Fate of the Furious, which is sixty-seven. Which is insane to me because, like I said, like this is better than those two films because it actually has something there. Mm. Maybe that's the the reverse thing happening for the critics. You know, they've had a year and a half without films, so and they they want something good. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly. Bring in a bit if, if it was a if released in a normal schedule, they might uh, be a bit more favourable. But then again, yeah. the, the last two, you know, Fate of the Furious had three hundred and eleven, Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw has three four two, F nine's only on two four two. So maybe the positive reviews will come a bit later on. Possibly, possibly. I mean, it's only been about five days, but yeah, I mean, I I I do hope. I mean, we are going to see the end of this series. There's no doubt about that. It's making too much fucking money for it not to happen. Um, so this isn't this isn't a case of you know Pacific Rim style wishful thinking. Um, you know we are actually going to see the end of this. Are um, I think it's just going. I don't think we'll see the end. I think okay, I think I'll we... die before the Fast and Furious dies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, we we could end up with a Bond style thing where you know it just goes on and on and on. <laughs> Maybe they're gearing up the little mini Vin Diesel now. Oh, well, they got Brian. Yeah. They've got mini Brian. They got mini oh, Brian. Oh, it's yeah. It, well, that's it, and it? it's going forever. That's it. I mean, they're going to do Fast and Furious Ten, and it's going to turn out it's like ten years later or something after the events of this film, and Brian is all of a sudden got a driving license and is driving a Nissan Skyline. Uh, not not just any <laughs> Nissan Skyline, a two thousand and three era <laughs> Nissan Skyline. <laughs> Just to piss his dad off. He's like, no, dad, I'm not going for the Dodge Charger. I'm not going for the All-American Muscle. I'm going for the Japanese import. You know what would be a great scene? Is if they had <laughs> him buy an electric car. He buys, like, a Tesla or something. <laughs> and there's a scene where, like, Dom's like, no, you, we drive petrol cars here. <laughs> so it, turns like up, that. it turns up with a fucking Prius. It's like uh, in dad, this one where... Dad, um, it's so quiet. <laughs> What's her name? Natalie. I can't remember the names of like any of the characters. I just call them by their actors' names. Yeah. But uh, Natalie Emmanuel. It's something like, like Ramsey. Hacker, hacker woman or something. I swear. Ramsey. Oh, Ramsey. Ramsey. <laughs> uh, yes. the, when she's talking about how she can't drive, I thought that was a, a nice, funny little bit. Yeah, it was. It was. You know. It was maybe they'll have her with us. She'll have a self-driving Tesla in the next one, sponsored by Elon Musk. <laughs> Um, all right, so we're we're diverging quite literally here. Um, so to close up, my fast ten is is the first part one is due is scheduled for February twenty twenty three, and then part two is February twenty twenty four. So we're doing the Avengers style, you know, cliffhanger where we have to wait a year for it to be concluded. But on the good side, Justin Lin is still directing all the those two films as well, and I think that's the most important part. Um. So, have we, have we, any any closing thoughts? Any closing thoughts? Uh, nah, go go see it. Go see it. Go if see you, it. if you haven't seen a Fast and Furious film, watch all eight, and then go see it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I would I would I mean I think I think yeah I I agree with you. Like it, you you're gonna end up finding something there that you're gonna be like, okay, you actually have a point. So. Yeah, I think I think if you if you have a vague interest in these series, then then go see it. I mean, on the biggest screen possible as well. The the sound design and and the action set pieces, and you know, nothing is more glorious than seeing Tyrese Gibson on the big screen just looking wondrous because he's out in space. And take a drink with you. 
Yes. Do do the do the Max maybe thing where you take a drink every time they say family. <laughs> good um, luck. Good luck with that. <laughs> anytime um, they obviously... don't follow the rules of physics. Anytime they say family. Um, anytime Vin Diesel is clearly taking it way too seriously and doesn't know he's in a Fast and Furious film. This podcast does not advocate alcohol misuse. I don't think he knows that there are cameras. You're talking about Vin Diesel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that's, a, that's it? Vin Diesel is literally living his real life. Yeah. And they just show up Big Brother style. Yeah. It's like filming him just in his real life. <laughs> this is just like, what he does. Yeah, and we we've just been you know I live in Edinburgh and like you know I'll go out and start talking to people about you know like I'll mention Vin Diesel and they start having PTSD flashbacks of Vin Diesel and John Cena terrorizing the center of Edinburgh. I think it's a bit of a Truman Show situation going on. <laughs> We're all in on it except for Vin Diesel. We're just keeping him going. And, and Kurt Russell is kind of overseeing the whole thing. Kurt Russell is in the Ed Harris role, just overseeing the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, okay, so I think that's kind of wrapped us up nicely. Um, so, Max, um, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, on, on, all, on all social media at MaxMaybe, M-A-B-E-Y. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick S. Chandler. My website is superatomovision.com. Um, I'm probably going to end up writing a piece on Pop Bowman's inside because I can't actually get it out of my head. Um, and um, yeah, follow us on Keen Atomic at Keen Atomic on Twitter. Um, got, got our email address, uh, keenatomic at gmail.com. Me and Danny will be back. Um, okay, this is going to get released on Friday, the 2nd of July. Um, and me and Danny will be back the following Friday with our episode on uh, Spellbound, Alfred Hitchcock's Spellbound, and uh, the animated film Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Find out how we get those two films uh, joined out, and um, we'll, see, <laughs> we'll see you soon. So it's a goodbye and a thank you for listening from me. Ta-ra. I didn't learn the Ukrainian for goodbye. <laughs> Take it easy, guys. See ya.